Like Fun is a craft beer and comedy podcast that offers a brief respite for women and men with real responsibilities. Featuring Greg, a tall, dark, everyman who knows what he likes, and Josh, Like Fun's resident beer quality expert. Together, our hosts take you on a journey of inebriated mirth so wondrous, it will feel as though you are having something like fun. Like Fun is not for kids. Unless those kids are from Wisconsin and accompanied by a legal guardian. If that's the case, come on, kids. Have a seat, throw one back, and listen up. Because life is too short not to like fun. Welcome, young to you as well, Greg, <laughs> to uh, a show that comes in the pod format with uh, levity. Uh, Go on. Some some interesting curveballs today. Yeah, we got, we got a great format today, and uh, we we are positive and we have a good time. It is like fun Korean podcast. Edition. Yeah, the podcast that is in Korean. Uh, if you translate it all into Korean. Uh, and we are sitting in my living space. Uh, that's what Koreans call a house. Yep. I don't know that, actually. I Okay, so we are... Uh, One we, minute in, and, <laughs> and this we've is already made several assumptions terrible. about Korean people. Horrible. But but why? What, what's up? What's up with Korean stuff today, Greg? Why? We discussed it before, but I don't think people listen, like, in order. Yeah. So why? So I'm way into Korean shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Korean food. I love Korean drink. I like Korean people. The few that I have met mm-hmm. seem nice. Both of them. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I uh, really, really, really love a little-known Korean rice wine drink, mm-hmm. which is really a lot closer to beer yeah. um, than wine, uh, called makgeolli. And I was in Chicago where they actually sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I bought it and some other treats. And we are going to sort of do a themed episode all around uh, Korean booze. Yeah. So we've got we've got quite a few different things coming at us today. So so no no real beer today. Uh, we do in fact have real beer. Oh, we do. Yeah. Are we gonna? So I why? figured that would be the uh, taste. The, the oh, so we'll do. The a regular old beer finale. review. Okay, yeah. I see. All right, that makes sense. I'm yes. much more in my space now. I get yes. it. Yes. Cool. No, I I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to throw like uh, some pineapple flavored soju at you and be like, rate this. <laughs> um, BJCP says, treat it like a Baltic porter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're drinking Mockley. We're drinking two kinds of Mockley. What do you think so far, Josh? Uh, really good. This is. I mean, if I was more in tune with Korean culture. It's probably something I would have picked up a long, long time ago. Um, Greg's right. It is um, akin to somewhere in between, you know, like beer and, I don't know, maybe white wine or maybe even like malt liquor mm-hmm. as far as it, what it appears to be marketing. Real, like, simple white 
bottle art um, mm-hmm. with obviously Korean characters. I have no idea what it means, but yes, it's like inviting. It's almost like um, what you see on uh, like coconut water. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So uh, the first one we and I have mixed up my own samples at this point, but the first bottle we opened is Kuksundang, mm-hmm. uh, which advertises new style of freshness, and it, it goes by Draft Makali. Oh, uh, so it's and, on draft in the bottle. Some beer companies have that same problem <laughs> with a like delicious draft beer in this can. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I something interesting is that on both bottles, Makali is spelled differently. <laughs> so that's interesting, and uh, it's it says that it is a wine product, so that's good. I think it yeah technically <laughs> all this stuff so like um, sake and plum wine and all this stuff that comes through um, they just kind of like lump it into wine unless it gets over a certain amount. And then I've seen occasional rice liquors be called malt liquor even though there's no malt in it. Yeah, when it's like up in like the teens for mm-hmm. for boozing, they're, they're just like it's kind of like that. Yeah, um, and let's see here. The other bottle we are drinking is Walme Makali, which is, I believe, of these two, far more popular or at least mainstream. Uh, which is to say, nothing of what is better. I mean, mm-hmm. we we know well that a more popular beer is not necessarily a better yeah beer on this show. Um, and I'm trying to see if there's any quaint. Uh, advertisements on this one that tell you what it is, really? No. Nothing. Just. It's Walme Magali. Uh, and it... Uh, both of them have almost identical ingredients, as I suppose should be. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Josh, if you can guess, ballpark, how many calories in one of these bottles? And the entire bottle? Approximately the same. It's about a liter? They are 750 milliliters oh, okay. each. 750 yes. milliliters. I'm going to say it's probably uh, about as calorie dense as like an amber. Mm-hmm. So a 750 of amber, I would expect to get like 350 calories out of it. That is almost exactly correct. Yes. Science. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, they each contain approximately between uh, 325 and 360 And more calories. alcohol. More alcohol than your average amber, I yes, would think. Yes, more alcohol. Uh, the other thing about uh, Mockley, which I find fascinating, is that there, I think a lot of, if you're tuned in at all to uh, Asian culture mm-hmm. a little bit, you know that they like to advertise the health benefits of certain things, which are foreign and crazy to <laughs> us. Yeah. Well, at the same time, I mean, we probably do the same, same thing, yeah. and they're like, what? Yeah. Coconut oil. (laughs) We already know that's terrible for you. Unless taken anally. Oh. I'd do butt chug at least a quart of (laughs) coconut oil. Uh, So the Makali is known for uh, being a a live drink. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Josh saw me shaking it up earlier. Yeah, you got to pour it like a wheat beer almost, give it a roll. Mm-hmm. So you get the, I mean, like, almost so it's, so rice, you can imagine what just steeping rice smells like. And this smells nothing like that. It yes. has, like, they're all both very different in the nose. Like, one, the uh, the more popular one is a little bit more fruity mm-hmm. and lactic. And the other one is a little bit more sour and, uh, like, sour bread, I would say. Like, yeah. not, like, super sour, but you can yeah. tell it's, it's a little, um bready and the, i think the taste in the other one is a little bit more more complex mm-hmm. yeah not so popular one i'm like i'm sorry i forgot what the right the, 
What well, the, and it's uh, yeah, Kuksun Dang. Yeah, Kuksun Dang is, and the, then Walme is the Walme is the other one. Yeah, the fact that it's alive, they are they have this really cool bottling system, which I, some uh, common fermenting items have, which is it doesn't actually seal all the way. Oh, it's yeah, it's not an airtight seal. Um, so they they are designed to be able to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there was a uh, Mockley, uh Brewery in Chicago. It was America's only Mockley Brewery. It was huh. called Slow City Mockley, and they sold uh, bottles that had felt caps huh. under them, so they were able to breathe as it, uh, as it continued to. So you screw down on the felt, and so then there's airspace. Exactly. So it could exhale, essentially. Okay. Um, and the other cool thing about these is um, they will continue to change in flavor. Mm-hmm. So if we were to drink two identical, uh, like two two bottles of these two brands from the same batch, but just a month later, yeah, they would taste completely different because it's you know it's alive, it's changing the whole time. So they're kind yeah. of fun that way. But also that means they have a pretty limited shelf life. Yeah, uh, I think you have to drink it within a couple of months. Yeah, it's so. really cool. It reminds me a lot of the. Once burgeoning market for mead, mm, mm-hmm. where you know, like mead, it's just honey is like your vector for sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeast and um, like the way you treat it temperature wise is what brings out all of the complexities or whatever. Mead, by the way, I think is on the, the way out, but yeah, uh, I it just didn't stand a chance. No, I, it's kind of expensive to make it, yep, because honey is not like lying around as Ooh. much, and also. Uh, and maybe this is just me. Life-ending hangovers. Yes. <laughs> just star scream, <laughs> belting one out into your ear. Hangovers, just not. And I've only done it once, and I, it was kind of like I never did it again. Like, I'll try it when it's out. Um, like, if someone bought a bottle just out of courtesy, because yeah. it is very expensive. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that if that's something that you really love the taste of, you shouldn't go and pursue. Because I've tried some wild stuff. But uh, this is a little bit more. The, the, this is a little bit more manageable, and a little bit more easy to access. Even right. now, I think. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I you know, and I love it, and you can't get it around here, as I've mentioned, I think previously on the show. So I was in Chicago, yep. and they had boatloads of it at H Mart. Okay. Uh, very very close to a friend of the show, uh, Matt's home. Okay. So I stopped in there. Uh, did not stop in to see Matt. Just stopped <laughs> at the H Mart close to his house and bought them out of Mockley. Not even close. They had lots of it. Okay. But uh, um, and there was a there was a woman actively making kimchi at a nice. little stand, which was kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, I mean Korean uh, Korean foods just a, a lot of fun. Korean uh, liquor is even more fun. It's funny because I was at Midway. And I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to be looking for, but I did look, and I did not find because I knew I knew it was like it has a, a milky white appearance, mm-hmm. and I found plenty of coconut based stuff, nothing alcoholic, mm-hmm. and none of this stuff. Um, but I did find some of that Korean um, pepper paste. Oh, that shit is, is delicious! Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we'll have that, or at least me and my wife will have that in a soup base um, later on, maybe in a couple of weeks. And uh, with some nice Japanese noodles. Um, oh, and I got a little as, bit as of, the imperialists intended it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stealing, stealing the best of all the cultures that they took over. But no, yeah, this is um, it's really nice. So I'm glad that uh, I got to try it. Yeah, this is something. If you're if you're near a major metropolitan area, might be worth checking out uh, the local um, Asian food market to try mm. to get at. 
Indeed. I would Indeed. recommend it. And my uh, my aunt, who is – or my wife's aunt, who is now my aunt, um, swears by its uh, use as a uh, beef marinade. Oh, yeah. I could see that for she sure. She says marinating beef in makgeolli is the best way to make Korean beef. So I wonder yeah. if I've, I've seen that in recipes where they say – I mean like I – Obviously, I haven't remembered it up to this point, but they always say marinate and blah, blah, blah. But a good substitute is something you can actually get, which is um, a rice wine. Yes. So, yeah. The uh, So, oh, the thing that I was getting to before about its curative properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this supposedly has more of the uh, healthy probiotic oh, yeah. bacterium sure. than yogurt. It really? supposedly has... Way more than yogurt, like well, double or triple as much. This one, the koksundang, um definitely smells like a sourdough. And mm-hmm. you're like, obviously, when you make a sourdough culture, there's a lot of lacticulture. It's the same stuff, essentially, that they put in yogurt to sour it. So mm. definitely getting that smell off of the koksundang. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's really neat. I hate to mention it right now, but it definitely looks like we have a couple of glasses of cum. Right in front of us. <laughs> it's off well, on the texture. Little, little, yeah, a little watery for that. But yeah, probably <laughs> might want to get checked out if, this, <laughs> if these were your swimmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So uh, yeah, what's uh, what's good with you, Josh? Let's get into it. Oh boy, what is good with me? I I did not come prepared again. <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Do I really want to talk about work? Probably get into it. So I was recently promoted. So my job got weird. Um, so I was a just a regular old, old tech, and now I'm the supervisor of our tech area and lab. The neat thing about it is, like, I don't do any grunt work anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like the guy that said, if I become supervisor, I'm going to still do grunt work, and rapidly found out that that's not possible. It's <laughs> like, you know, like where you work, like your principal doesn't like come in and teach a class or whatever. Like right, administration. There is a necessary divorce that yeah, happens. Exactly. Yeah, and I just really can't anymore. So I kind of thought it would kind of be like the same old stuff, but it's really like I'm like an office guy now. Like I have a desk that's walled off from everybody else, and I take phone calls and go upstairs to purchasing and talk to to Mark about a thing we want to buy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you got to get that approved with the uh, – who's my real boss? I can't remember what we call him. Oh, yeah, the director. You got to go to the director to get that approved. So I go to the director's office and like, hey, we need this thing. And he goes, okay. Do you call him Mr. Director? No, I I think I call him Jamie. Oh. He's one of those guys. You know, he wears like a tattered uh, tweed suit. His name is Jamie? His name is Jamie. Is he 23? (laughs) Yeah, he's young for a director. Okay, there you go. Um, But I don't think he's 23. (laughs) That'd be nuts. He'd look terrible if he were 23. Oh, oh. But, uh, no, he, he looks good for maybe a guy in his late 30s or early mm-hmm, 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's another exciting thing is he's new. But, uh, yeah, it's neat to to change that way, I guess. Uh, it's not what I expected. But uh, it's, yeah, it's it's nice. And, and uh, I originally assumed that when I took the job that I'd never get out on time. And look at here. I got here at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I got up right on time today. Probably not going to be true forever, but yeah, yeah, it's nice. No, it's cool, and it's I couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, the like, the like, Funigans <laughs> support your uh, climbing of the corporate ladder, yeah. as it were. Some would say, but no. So yeah, so uh, cheers to a new chapter. Yeah, in professional yeah. life. Raise it up. Ding. 
By the way, we're drinking uh, this hot cum out of uh, the Wine and Hop Shop's tasting glasses. You guys should really check out their new show floor. The uh, new sign is all finished. It looks real. Mm. It all looks real tight. It's a very yeah. tight operation. Yeah. And if you can't make it in there, Wine and Hop Shop, or excuse me, just wineandhop.com. Yeah. Wineandhop.com. Big rollers, too. Like, they have commercials on, like, real podcasts. Oh. You know, like uh, the Sour Hour and uh, the Session or whatever. Still waiting for him to call us and, and yeah. see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah. The, the, you, you got uh, the promotion. Mm-hmm. I am sitting pretty. Uh, I had. Uh, we're still finishing out the summer, but I'm like actually getting back to work. Yeah. But I got down to St. Louis on a work trip, and managed to squeeze some beer in. Nice. Um, oh yeah, do tell. This is this yeah. is Greg's. What's good, by the way? I forgot to ask. Yeah. So uh, St. Louis has an interesting brewery scene. I'd yeah. say uh, the the downside of where we were. We were downtown, um, and we were told by a couple of the the locals who work downtown that like. Downtown St. Louis is very for the tourists. Yeah. Um, and it's not that – it's not even like exciting for the tourists. It's just that that's where the hotels are. Yeah. So there are a couple of restaurants <laughs> and stuff like that. But we did uh, check out – I think you recommended this. Was it for, Forehand? Uh, yes, Forehand Brewery. Forehand Brewery. Uh, got a few of their things. Uh, I like what they're doing. They're they're uh, fairly traditional, but they had a really nice, if I'm recalling correctly, a pilsner. Oh yeah, uh, that was delightful, and it was German style. And I hate German style pilsners. Oh, but it was quite good. A little crisper I, than most. Or? Yeah, and you know we went out to a place. I'm wearing the t-shirt actually right now. Oh, we went yeah. to a place called Broadway Oyster Bar, which is right by Bush Stadium. Okay. And fuck a Bush Stadium. I didn't go. No, but um, we walked past it a lot. It's right. It was right next to our hotel. Uh, that leering cardinal, just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> just gazing through you as you walk past. They, you know, they're they're hot on the brewer's uh, tail at this point. That's where the fucking so, cups. Yeah, but uh, so we went to this oyster bar, uh, which if you do make it to St. Louis, Broadway Oyster Bar was clutch. It was super good, and I don't know why, but St. Louis actually has a pretty decent reputation as a seafood city. Huh. Probably just because they're on the river. Yeah, they get those um, shipments or something. I, I don't know. Something, but they. I had the uh, just it was a it was a life changing oyster po'boy sandwich. Nice. I really enjoyed it, but I had some uh, forehand uh, brewing beer with that, and okay. that was outstanding. There were a couple of different things. I'm not going to be able to remember the name of the brewery now, but there was a, a beer called Green Monster that I had Green Monster at a uh, uh, at a uh, bar. It was a wine bar. That was downtown, and uh, the the thing that I'll say for the the listener, if you do make it down there, um, the uh, bar was um, was it the Bridge yes. Wine Bar and Tap Room? Yes, that is a fantastic bar. Yes, that's where I went. They had a wine tasting deal where I got three glasses of wine. I got they called it red, white, and blue. I got three glasses of wine. It was a, just a red, a white, and a rosé. Okay. Um, and I don't know how the red, white, and blue thing fit in. but They put blue food coloring in your yeah, rosé. No, they, they did good. not. Um, but it was phenomenal. I loved it. I can't remember what the name of the brewery was. But anyway, so it was at the bridge, and I just crushed some of that Green Monster. And actually, like, it was high, high alcohol. Oh, yeah. And uh, new new IPA I had never had before. Very enjoyable. 
uh, decent beer scene in St. Louis. I'm really drawing this out because I can't remember exactly what it was, and that's not a good segment. So uh, I'm just I can, saying. I can talk briefly on that bar. That bar is the bar where I first tried, like, two of the beers you've got to try. Mm-hmm. They had Pivo Pills. The keg had just come in that day. Okay. So I was like, you know, the first thing I do is I ask the guy, I was like, so has this been sitting around for a while? He's like, no, it just came in. Just like. A day or two ago, and he knew a lot about. Um, is it Firestone Walker? I think that comes from. Yeah, what well, Firestone Walker's out in where? Uh, uh, San, Cali, San, San San Bernardino, Pablo, something, San, like something like that. One of the Saint cities, yeah. Um, and it is a fantastic pilsner, especially if you like hop forward pilsners. As far as the bitterness level is um, right where a pilsner should be, but it's like dry hop to shit. Um, so it has an amazing aroma. Um, definitely something you can you should. Check out if you can. Just the, the thing is, is when you go to some liquor stores, I feel like um, if they don't know what they're doing, they put it out, like, not in the fridge, and it just kind of ruins it. Okay. Um, but if you can go, if you can find it on tap somewhere, that, it's pretty amazing. And then um, the other one was uh, they had, I don't want to fuck this up because it, it'll, it'll light a few people off if I get it wrong, but it was Pliny the Younger, whichever one is easier to find. Okay. Because I got super excited, and he's like, it's not that one, it's the other. You know, like, the one that you can get if you wait in line there. Yeah. They had, um... I can't remember if they had it on bottle, and they just didn't show me, or if they had it on keg. Yeah. But I got to try that, and that was amazing. And they didn't, like, gouge either. Right. So, which is really nice. No, it was it was a very affordable joint, and I will say that the staff there, if you're looking for a place, you're downtown St. Louis, uh, you're at a conference or something, you're stuck down there, you don't want to take an Uber... Um, because you don't know where you're going. I will say that we, you know, did some drinking there. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic list, yeah. wine and beer, for sure. And it, it was a craft cocktail place as well. They would have they would have mixed you up a cocktail oh. that I'm sure would have blown your mind. But staff there, we you know put in our time. We did maybe an hour there, and uh, this waitress was just like, "Listen, <laughs> this is not where you want to be," and she just wrote us a list. Of places to go to. Oh, nice. Uh, I believe she recommended Lafayette Square. Okay. And so she was like, get get out of here. Just don't don't be downtown. <laughs> she was like worried about us. <laughs> and well, I was good. I was very touched by that. It was really sweet of her. So, but yeah, so St. Louis, um, there's an arch there. I have been told. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I did there that's cool that uh, the listeners might enjoy is I participated in an improv everywhere. Improv, like, essentially a flash mob, but it's a little bit more elaborate than your average flash mob. And uh, it was the MP3 experiment that the uh, improv everywhere does where they have you download an MP3 and they get a mob of people to download an MP3 with a particular theme. This one was everybody was supposed to be wearing particular colors. Oh, okay. Um, and then the MP3 all started for everyone at the same time. I see. And so you were getting instructions depending on your shirt color and stuff like that. And we, Sweet. It was a blast and it dumped down rain on us. It absolutely pissed on us <laughs> and um, a lot of us stuck it out and had an awesome event and there's very few pictures of it because it rained so fucking hard <laughs> but uh improv everywhere is a fantastic uh organization and they did this specifically for the conference that i was at oh sweet they put this together it was their first ever mp3 experiment in st louis oh. and uh we did it in this square that looks out over the courthouse where uh, the first Dred Scott decision happened. Oh. And just over the top of that courthouse was the arch. 
Um, it was a really cool, really cool place. And there's a lot of art in St. Louis. I was very impressed. I yeah. like St. Louis it's is what place. I'm saying. Mm. All right. Mm-mm-mm. So that's what's good. Let's uh, see if we can get the listeners informed about something. Oh, yeah. I've got something for them. Have I got something for them? So uh, in honor of our – this is going to be a little – a little. I don't want to be insensitive with this because we're drinking uh, Korean stuff. And instead of bringing you specifically Korean-based uh, alcohol news, I'm going to just go, uh, let's cast a wide net here. Let's do some Asian uh, uh, it was it was a slow six months in the <laughs> Korean booze search on Google News. So <laughs> we, uh, I found an article that is now taking me to a congratulations you won uh, page. Here we go. Uh, so in uh, in Hong Kong, this is in the South China Morning Post. In Hong Kong, there's a beer race. Okay. Uh, and I, I'm excited about this immediately, Already, but yeah. I'll read you the headline here. It's Hong Kong beer race requiring participants to drink a can every 400 meters draws criticism. <laughs> um, so that looks awesome. And the, the photo is – it has to be a stock photo or unless it's happened previously. But there's a guy just running down and, you know, like the guys are sweaty. They got the number pinned to them. Yeah. And they're just like reaching out for anything. Somebody's holding the, the 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 gawkers are holding out glasses of water along the side. Sometimes the runner will take it and just splash it on his face, or he'll take it and drink a little bit of it and then just throw it over his shoulder. Well, all of these people are holding out to the runners. They're prescribed glorious looking <laughs> cups of beer. Nice. So uh, the byline says organizer of sixteen hundred uh, uh, meter event says focus is on fun. And encouraging running in city, um, so it's a, it's only four beers. That's not that bad for sixteen hundred meters. What is and the what is the Beerman Mile? Do you remember? Um, that's a, an event that occurs occasionally throughout the U.S. You run a mile, and then so many times during that mile, you have to stop at a keg. I, so I don't know specifically, and this is so this amounts to being less than. So what is that? That's about. 1,600 meters. I'm just trying to figure out. So it's a mile. Yeah. It's approximately a mile. a mile. So it might be very close to what we have in the States. Yeah. Which is um, really the only problem is keeping it down. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you get all rumblies. And then, <laughs> in your tumblies. Yeah. And then you, uh, you throw another layer on top and then you run again. Mm-hmm. Which is just not a good idea. So um, this event sounds actually relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Four beers in a mile. Um Granted, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, we maybe have a twisted sense no, of what is safe. <laughs> how much beer is safe. But uh, I do remember there was a, a friend of the show, uh, Bacon, a guy named, yeah. uh, nicknamed Bacon. We won't use his actual name, but he knows who he is. Yeah. He, uh, at one point, was training for a marathon and was saying a legit marathon. And yeah. you, do you recall how many miles are in a legit marathon? 26.2 miles? Yeah, I, I believe that is correct. Yeah. I am by no it's means... annoying fucking uh, sticker you see on everybody's <laughs> yeah. car, and you're like, are they 26 years old? What yeah. the fuck are they talking 26. about? 26.2. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you can still count fractions. I'm 26 and a half years old. The... Uh, <laughs> I still remember Sav- a Savage Love article where somebody like wrote in and was like, I'm 19 and a half and I should be able to be in an adult relationship. And he's like, if you still identify yourself in half years, you are not an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So 
Our friend Bacon wanted to drink a beer every mile. No. Nope. In a marathon. And uh, maybe I was one of the loudest voices in the room, but I wasn't the only one going, you'll die. <laughs> you will die. And you can't do both. You will die. Like, you can't. I mean, uh, A, it's far more likely that you'll just not finish. Yeah. And you'll be fine. You'll get to 12.1 <laughs> and you'll be like, yeah, that is uh, that is 12 beers. I am 12 done. Miles, I'm I am done. I am done. Uh, but also, I don't. I'm never one to challenge someone to like hurt themselves. Yeah. So basically, I was like, "That's that's stupid. You'll hurt yourself. Don't do that. If, uh, if, that's stupid. This race sounds lovely." <laughs> if Charlie Day had trouble finishing a case of beer and an entire pizza in an afternoon, <laughs> bacon could never. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I am. <laughs> And I drank all the beer. <laughs> That's still still one of my favorite episodes. That or the Wade Boggs uh, cross-country flight. Oh, man, yeah. Where he goes three for four. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that is uh, – I, I think Hong Kong's doing things right. Yeah, they got it together. Asia, in a lot of ways, has their drinking figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, Koreans – so the soju that I referenced earlier yep. um, is a is another uh, rice rice product. Yep. Um, it is a it is closer to a liqueur. Yeah, I would say so. It's like a really alcoholic rice wine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but soju is the most consumed alcohol on earth, at least the one that's verifiable. Supposedly, there might be one in China that's brewed like in rural areas of China, so they can't actually verify that it's more drank than soju. But soju is supposedly the most drank uh, liquor on earth. Um, And I'm a big fan of soju. I actually have some North Korean soju. We're the well-known soju. Very well-known soju. (laughs) Which is actually made mostly out of corn because fuck it. Yeah. In North Korea, if it it turns into booze, why not? (laughs) I wonder if it's anything like, uh, what's the, in in, uh, Central America, where they um, take feed corn and like chew it and then spit it into a bucket and like yes. let that ferment. I wonder if it's kind of like that. Yeah. So well, actually, no. I should say I've had soju on several occasions, and there's definitely no funk. And there yeah. would definitely. I have not had the corn liqueur. Or liquor. Yeah. Soju uh, is available in most like nice liquor stores, yeah. at least in major cities. You can usually find like a few varieties right yeah. next to like the. Uh, um, like Asian plum wine and the um, absolutely sake. absolutely, and it's pretty affordable. I mean, it's it's relatively low alcohol. It's yeah. a it's like I don't know, like nineteen percent or something like that. I can't recall off the top of my head, but um, a great recipe for the listener if if you're interested in soju, um, it's traditionally drank just like cold in shots. Yep, the youngest person at the table has to pour it. Yep, for everybody else. It's the deference to to age and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, if you are not into just drinking cold, yeah, it's not bad. It does does not taste like hard alcohol. It tastes like a little sweet. It's nice. Yeah, it's kind of a similar experience to like sake except cold. Right, exactly. I I would say better. And most – and good sake, you're not supposed to drink hot. Really? I did not know that. No, that's like – uh, uh, I'm trying to come up with an equivalent here. Like, do we drink like when, any alcohol? You know, like when someone puts a big old ice cube in their scotch. Yeah, or or uh, uh, puts ice in their wine or something. Oh, oh, yeah. you or don't, their fucking beer. Yes, you don't ice good stuff. You don't yeah. heat up good sake. Yeah. 
Supposedly, like, uh, this is what I've read. I, I barely have dipped my toe into sake, but I, 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 I've been reading about liquor. I had a little Twitter exchange um, maybe a couple weeks ago where someone was asking about if you knew anybody that iced their beer, especially like a Miller Lite or a Miller 64. And when I worked in catering at uh, Camp Randall, so all these people are like millionaires. Yeah. Um, the woman that like tipped me the right, best. Right. Because if you can drink at a college game. Yeah. You're a better like you're worth more money and you're you're better than me. Pretty much. You're in a you're in you know, yeah, all the poor people have to hide the booze in their tummy. Yeah, no, I fucking hate go, that. When they go in and then all the rich folks get to drink. But anyway, she would order um whiskey and water, and the best whiskey they had was Jack. So she had Jack and water, and then she'd wash it down with iced Miller sixty four. Okay, let's let's uh let's dissect this yeah. a little bit. Okay. So the point of adding water to whiskey yes. is to bring out yeah, uh, the, real, the bouquet, yeah. to, to allow you to, to smell it, to taste it better. Yeah. Okay. Now, Jack Daniels is shit. Yeah, how would you describe the bouquet? It's, it's fucking Daniels. shit. <laughs> it is uh, swill. It is mass consumption swill. Yeah. And... Which is funny because it's as expensive as many, many very really nice. Great. Yeah, what is a bottle of Jack these days like? Twenty six bucks. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 because of the label. Yeah. I think it manages to sell for at least you know like twenty bucks. Yeah, which is a lot of money for a shit, terrible fucking shit. Yeah, whiskey, especially when you can go to like Costco and get uh, whatever that uh, fake French vodka is, which is actually pretty good. Yes, for like. Nineteen dollars. Well, and 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 you think about this. I mean, we live in the country of whiskey. Yeah, whiskey is like our our That's our deal thing at like, this point. When if someone's doing an analogous podcast in Korea, they're not talking about American beer. They're probably talking about uh, Tennessee whiskey, right? Yeah, or Kentucky bourbon. Like I found some fucking bourbon, or I yes. found some Tennessee whiskey. You right. Know. It's an American art form, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, it, I mean, there are there are obviously other versions of it. I mean, Scotch is not American, and yeah. I get that. But like straight whiskey, yeah. And you're gonna drink Jack fucking Daniels. You could you could pay. Let's say let's even say it's the cheapest. You could pay a few dollars more yep. and get something that is art in a bottle, that is gorgeous, yeah. That can be gotten nowhere else on earth, and for just a couple of bucks more. Oh yeah, for sure. But having said that, this was the best whiskey available. Okay, well, there you was go. that right. or Canadian Club, I believe. Which I almost would err on that side because yeah, I Canadian, think it might have been cheaper. Canadian whiskey is different, at least. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. So, and then, yeah, and on then. top of that, she would ice her what now? Her Miller 64. Not on tap. Let's all sing it together. To Miller 64. No, all right, we're done. <laughs> it's a throwback to the live show. But yeah, as I always do. I, I wonder if it's just like she just wanted a lot of water in her system all the time. So that's fucked up, and I hate that, and that's <laughs> okay. the worst. And that person is like, they've won, they've won the show. I guess, yeah. They, <laughs> for worse drinking habits, have we talked? I mean, like, 
bad drinking habits. That oh, should be a segment. We could do a whole segment on that. All right. So that's what we'll, we'll come back to it next week. But this is this week's entry in bad drinking habits. Yeah. Icing your fucking Miller 64. 64. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Fuck me. <laughs> All right. She was a good tipper, though. I got to give her that. Well, there you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's a redeemable human being, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to take a break? And- yeah, we'll take a break and come back with a uh, beer review. Okay. Let's do it. quite a treat <laughs> for us listeners actually it, all around it was a good um buy and find because um well we'll, we'll hint at it until we get to it but i'm going to call it an international lager okay as far as the bjcp is concerned an international pale lager all right um it's a unique company it's asian so it holds the theme yes it's korean no less oh, there we go korea's got soul and <laughs> somewhere in Seoul, they make height extra cold. <laughs> Not to be confused with height stout, which I read the um, beer advocate reviews for, didn't do well. <laughs> um, and I didn't read the... Which is, it's interesting because Korea is not actually a hot climate. Mm-mm. So a stout, I could see doing well there. Yeah, I think um, probably just the fact that this is probably 
you know, the, the equivalent of, I don't know, hams or not that hams is bad, but, uh, you know, like a regional brewery or a regional contractor mm. in Korea somewhere. Cause this is imported. Like you yes. mentioned before, we looked at it. We were like, okay, but where is it actually brewed? Yeah. It's not, it's, not, yeah. <laughs> it's imported. It's I mean, imported. it is brewed somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> it's imported from where it is brewed. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tag explicitly says, and it would be illegal to, um, contract it with that label on, I think, unless you were switching over, I think is the law. You get like six months or a year mm. to switch. But uh, yeah, it says Seoul, Korea. Once again, we're drinking Height. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I don't know. It's H-I-T-E. Extra cold. Extra cold. <laughs> so that could be a mistranslation of ice, because this could be an ice beer. What's the ABV on that? Do they publish? Oh, boy. Um, studying the bottle. No. No, wait, there it is. <laughs> 4.3. 4.3. So it's very light, a very light lager. And it pours and tastes, and you can all imagine, um, appears to be like one. Greg's pouring a little bit more. You can. We could probably cash this and still, like, drive and shoot firearms and not have to worry about it. It comes in a, what is this, 750 liters again? Or this milliliters? is, this is a one quart. Oh. This is a quart. Yep. So maybe you're right about it being – so Greg had, had pondered whether it might have been started by a German uh, back in 1933, which is what the uh, publication on the front of the bottle says. And it comes in this weird plastic bottle, like a lot of Russian beers that I've seen. Mm-hmm. You want to get like a weird Russian beer, they all seem to come in old 7-Up bottles. Yeah, like Baltica. Yeah. Which is disgusting. We drink that when we uh, played Axes and Allies. Yes. It was horrible. And you wore that crazy, uh, whatever those hats are called with the fur. On yeah, the that's ears. right. And I lost badly. Much like Russia, probably. Should Pro- have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> There's also the fact that um, I can't remember who was playing. Ger- or wait, yeah, who was playing um, Great Britain? But they really screwed the puppy, like in the first turn. Yes, like with a really daring. Yeah. Maneuver to try to take, like, the entire English sea and channel back and failed. Let's see. What were they – so let's try and do it all. All right. So I was I was Russia. I was drinking Baltica, which was gross. Yep. Uh, the the uh, British were drinking Bass, yeah. I believe. Bass Ale or something like that. Yeah. Something weird. And then the Germans were drinking – Polander, maybe? Yeah. Or was it – yeah, they were the lucky ones. So, something very obvious – yeah. They didn't go for a deep cut. This is something that I would recommend. Everybody that has ever played Axis and Allies and enjoyed themselves somehow, try. Yeah. Hats and beers and Axis and Allies. Get a group of friends together that know how knows how to play so you don't have to explain every fucking thing to somebody. Yep. And then bring a hat that represents the country. You can assign these ahead of time. And a beer. Mm-hmm. And then you roll for who you're going to play as. So if you bring a shitty beer, you may end up having to drink that shitty beer. Yes. And then you drink those beers and wear those hats as you play. Yep. So I was Japan, and I drank Sapporo. I don't think I had a hat. I, no, you wore a... Didn't you wear like a... Uh, you have the kamikaze... Uh, yeah, I think I may, the, I may have improvised that with toilet paper and a red Sharpie <laughs> at some point. It would have been mildly racist if it weren't for the period. It was a period piece, right? right? So... <laughs> 
the accent that I forced was racist. Oh, yeah. Well. But we won. <laughs> or we were winning when we decided to stop playing. Yeah, as every Axis and Ally game ever has ended. Yeah. <laughs> In a like, weird I'm alternate done. future. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that too. I've had about enough. Let's just call it. How do actual wars end? Because, like, <laughs> yeah. I got so bored. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're drinking Height Extra Cold. Um, I'll run it through the ringer. It's not going to take too long. Mm. Um, Pale International Lagers is, is kind of a weird one. Probably not one that people think about, but it's very similar to American Pale Lagers and maybe even kind of in between an American Standard and an American Light. So, I don't know. Let's see what the BJCP says as far as what you want to think of. Um, Corona Extra, a shy, super dry. Um, let's see, one that you might... Oh, Heineken. I would assume, judging it, if it's uh, new, newly bottled, because um, a lot of that stuff is now contracted here in America. Um, I haven't had a Heineken since we decided it was skunky in college. I, and now I think some of it is um, brewed here somewhere, like contracted out. So it's not absolute so it shit. May not, or they might continue to like add shitty flavor, because people <laughs> would be like, this doesn't taste like Heineken. God, that and Rolling it Rock. It smells fresh. Yeah, and ro- well, Rolling Rock, they did do that on purpose. Rolling Rock... Uh, by, uh, I think it's now defunct, Latrobe, and the brand was bought by somebody, but they, like, made it taste light-struck on purpose. So, there, there you go. I, I'm shaking my head, as the viewer will know. Yeah. Go go yeah. on, Josh. Okay, so anyway, international pale lagers cover a wide swath of beers that you may not think about it being international, but uh, highly attenuated, no strong flavors, well-balanced Highly carbonated, served cold, thirst quenching are like the main thoughts. Low to moderate levels of grainy malt flavor is what you're looking for. Um, I would key in on the moderate just because um, generally when these beers are thin, and this one is pretty gosh darn thin. <laughs> pretty gall darn thin. Din din thin. <laughs> darn thin beer. Um, what happens is when they start to warm up, the off flavors start to start popping off like real, real crazy like. And um, there's quite a bit of corn in this, more corn than in what's a really corny American beer. So let's 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 back up here, though, because like that's that's some knowledge for the for the listening audience. So mm-hmm. it's the thinness that makes uh, like the 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 swilling beers, the the hot day uh, tailgate beers go bad if they get warm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the. More, it'll release it more because I think they're more watered down. So there's um, what little there is to focus your taste buds and, and nose on goes like crazy in your brain. I see. I kind see. of like how we were talking about before when you water down whiskey to try to bring out the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes with watered down beers. Um, okay. Which pretty- is why like ice cold whiskey is not a thing. No, yeah, because what you know, why bother paying a premium for something right. you're not going to taste? Okay, all of these beers, and usually there is. I mean, like these international waters or um, international lagers all have some flaw, um, but you don't really notice it if it's like, you know, thirty three degrees or whatever. However, as cold as you can fucking get it, if it's extra cold, yeah, this particular <laughs> one. I think maybe that's just like a recommendation <laughs> on this particular bottle. Like, if you suck on the cubes yeah. <laughs> of this beer, 
Yeah, it says right here on the bottom. It says for slushies only. <laughs> but actually, you know, um, this this review is going to go better than you might think because it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, you know, it yeah. is corny. Um, it's cornier than Grain Belt, which is quite an achievement. <laughs> um, but it's also much thinner than Grain Belt. Have so. we reviewed Grain Belt yet? I don't think so. It was uh, recommended by somebody on Twitter. Though. It was no, it was uh, our friend, uh, our undercover friend. Oh, uh, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. We'll have to do that sooner than later. Maybe next episode. Um, Grain Belt's a acceptable beer in a pinch, especially when you're in like Southern Minnesota, and that's what they got. Yeah. But, uh, well, ever since uh, Michelob got bought out. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, the, the main thing that stands up to me immediately is it's um, seltzery as far as like thinness goes. It's not mm. quite as bad as Michelob. Um, thinness, that, but not flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Corn with um, some malt kicking around in the background, almost no hop character yeah. at all. But that's that's pretty stereotypical Asian, though, right? Like yeah. Asian, Asian beer, it's not like maybe they put in just enough so it doesn't taste like candy, you know, like malt candy um, or whatever, a malted milk ball or whatever you want to imagine it sure. would be. Um, there might be just enough to just like edge it a little bit into the spectrum where, where they want it, but that is generally true. Sapporo. Smells a lot like adjunct and malt and almost nothing. Um, what are some other ones that I've tried? Like, I don't try a whole lot of international lagers. So height uh, came to my attention because when I was out in L.A. Uh, a couple of couple of months ago at this point. Well, actually, it was about a month and a half ago mm-hmm. um, with a friend of the show, Derek, um, who lives there. He took me out for Korean barbecue, and we were drinking height in a beer tower, like you would get at Quaker Steak and Lou, oh, yeah. or like the big a cylinder. shitty, a shitty, like, but like a a, a chain sports bar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do them at the BW3 or whatever, but like you can, get so. the, you can get the the huge cylinder of beer. And we were drinking a height, and I thought that that was fascinating. <laughs> I really enjoyed that because, like, I've never had a beer that I had never heard of, let alone an import. Yeah. In a in a yard or whatever they fucking call them, yeah. but I had a great time with it. We 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 drank it down. We drank it down like three times over. So, and you can as long as it stays cold. So I don't know if I'd recommend the yard unless you're really kicking them back. Well, they got they got ice in the middle. That's how they oh, smart. Yeah. Not in the beer, but like they have an ice tube within the tube to keep mm-hmm. it cold. Yeah, that sounds like a, a fantastic after. I mean, like beers like this. Even Heineken and um, I can't remember the other shitty example that they brought up, but like as long as it's cold and you have like hot wings or something, like yes. it's, a, it's a fine accoutrement for that. Yes, you know. Uh, yeah, that's the thing is like bad beer actually goes very well with food. With terrible food. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> or food that's terrible for very, you. Very salty food, very yep. fatty food, a lot of MSG. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it pours. It actually pours pretty nice. It's crystal clear. Uh, probably because they got a nice uh, filtration system, which probably ekes out whatever flavors that they try to put into it in the first place. But it's it's pours really nice. It actually has some decent protein, or there's some protein to support a um, decently pretty head when you first pour it, and it laces a little bit. Like you know, you know, I'm looking at Greg's, and it's been resting for a while, and it still has a lace on the outside, and it's tight, small bubbles. So there's definitely some malt in the recipe, which is good to know. Um, it's pretty effervescent, even for uh, uh, imperial, or I'm sorry, a uh, um, international lager. 
and uh, it's quite thin, which is my biggest problem where it's losing lots of points in uh, the flavor component just because there's no body. I mean, like, when they talk about light body, like, this is, like, somewhere in between light and, and water, like, distilled water. This is this is a guzzler. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I give it, like, bonus points for that because, like, I, I, I don't appreciate that in a beer. Yeah. But when a beer comes along that has that, I'm like, I can drink a lot of this. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> like, I am in love with the fact that I can slam this motherfucker. Yeah. And, the, I mean, like, when it comes to off flavors, there aren't that many. I mean, like, when you really let it sit, and I've only done it once, and, like, really oxygenate it, swirl it, and get it warm, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of stale um, cardboard stuff going on. And then all the bad stuff that comes with a corny beer um sickly sweetness and some metallic stuff going on but you're just gonna get that i think um it's all except for like um really well brewed beers um not that uh, totally naked by new glarus is a on this level of like an international pale but it's a light pale um you know there's always going to be problems that come around when it gets warm that's just how it goes so i ended up giving this guy a 37 that's pretty good. And that all, all, almost all the points that came off were for how thin it is, and then off flavors, which I added points up. back for. for so <laughs> yeah, with exactly. those adjusted points, we're at like a fifty-seven. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, actually, it's not that bad. I was very surprised when I first tried. It. I thought it was going to be awful, um, and it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Fine yeah. international lager. Yeah. Set it next to a Heineken, and I could tell them apart because Heineken does have some body. But uh, as far as regular old flavor, not talking about mouthfeel goes, they're similar beers. Huh. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, it's it's just a, a hammerback beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Greg. I'm I here. Got, I got some questions about height extra cold for you. Height. Let's see here. If height were a one-liner... From Leon the Professional. <laughs> Which one-liner from Leon the Professional would it be? <laughs> Thank you for including the international title. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's an international show, uh, yeah, no, so right. everybody has to know. People will be like, the professional, that's a... I'll look forward to you like tweeting this app in Korean. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a good friend who's um, he's living in Korean right now. And I always try to do, like, the Babblefish or whatever Google is, their translator thing now. And, like, it all comes out as, like, weird poetry. So I don't know if that's just, like, how Korean translates yeah. back into English. No, it's beautiful. Or if this, <laughs> no, or if this guy's, like, really depressed. <laughs> so. All right, if so. If you're listening, Kay, hey. <laughs> I'm sure he is. How's it going? <laughs> All right, uh, a one-liner from uh, The Professional. Um, I love this film. It's a oh, fantastic uh, Natalie Portman's uh, first her, film, her debut. I believe. Yes. Uh, and a very bizarre debut. Oh, yeah. Especially the, the scene where um, the uh, they, they get a hotel together or whatever, and then she yes. fakes like it's her dad while he's there. But then when he leaves, she says, like, like, we're we're also lovers. Yes, exactly. And then they're walking down the road with his plant. Yep. Um, 
so all right, so this one's this one's a little bit tough for me because I love the film, yep. and I love the beer, but I have to represent the beer fairly. Yes. Okay. So I will say it is inevitably going to be a Gary Oldman line mm. because Gary Oldman is that movie. Yeah. And yet he's in like seven minutes of yeah. But seven solid <laughs> I rewatched it not long ago, and I was like, Gary Oldman's like a very important character, and he is. He is barely in the yeah. film. <laughs> I, like Four minutes of it, I think he's in a restroom. Yeah. <laughs> popping uppers, and like the yes. other, other uh, five and a half minutes, he's laying on top of the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to say, let's see here. He says he's he's walking in. He's a uh, the guy from the practice, the fat white Italian guy from the practice. uh, Is the dad of Natalie Portman? Yep, and he uh, is uh, a drug mule for the the crooked cops, uh, led by Gary Oldman, and. (laughs) He has been <gasps> cutting the product and taking taking the stuff off taking the top, the, taking the cream. Yeah, so uh, they they bust in and they murder. Uh, hold on, I'll do a line. Everyone, nice. <laughs> That's not the line I want. But <laughs> they murder oh, no. they murder the guy's whole family, uh, with the exception of Natalie Portman, one of his daughters, and they capture him and. <laughs> And he, oh god, it's such a good scene. But he goes, uh, "You like classical music? <laughs> <laughs> you like Mozart?" And he goes, uh, "This is still, still Gary Oldman." He goes, "I love Mozart." <laughs> <laughs> you know that that scene where he does a little monologue on Beethoven and Mozart, yeah, uh, improvised entirely, not scripted. This movie, um, I can't remember what movie the guy was really working on, but like. This is a special project that he took on in between sure. some movie and some other movie. Yeah. And um, that scene, they did eight takes, eight different ways, and that was the best take. And they just let him, let Gary Oldman go wild talking about That's classical insane. music. I love it. I love, I also like the bit where, like, he goes, like, uh, I think he, I think it's about Beethoven where he's like, and Beethoven gets a bit old <laughs> or something like yeah. that. It's like, that's why I stopped. <laughs> I just, ah, oh, fuck. I, uh, and I know Gary Oldman has not made good movies in a long time. And Gary Oldman is the first person to tell you that he hasn't. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman forever and always based largely off of his performance in the professional. Well, yeah. Kudos Height to of his career. That, that first quote that you mentioned, I know it's not the beer quote, but the everyone. That's like the first quote that comes up on IMDb when I was kind of like thinking about this question. And it just says every, you know, like they don't. Everyone! But I, I think they put a link to like the the sound bite because like you can't express it. Yes. With just letters. And then um, the other one I was thinking of that you might have chosen where when they're in the bathroom and I have no idea what the context is um, but he pops one of his uppers or whatever he's taking they might just be like tic tacs and he goes bingo <laughs> bingo but the the way he crushes the pills between mm. his teeth yeah is just 
Oh. The rest of the movie is not even that good. Yeah, no, just... <laughs> it's just Gary Oldman yeah. being a fucking psycho. It, is, it was um, somewhat novel for the time, the interaction between Leon and uh, Natalie's character. But, uh, yeah, no. Gary yeah. Oldman stole yes. that movie in, like, ten minutes. Yes. Anyway. anyway All right, yeah. enough of <laughs> jerking off. <laughs> yeah, Gary, Gary Oldman. <laughs> This movie were a one-liner from the rest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, no, I gotta... I'm just a piece of meat. <laughs> All right. International news just came in as we're recording this. The mooch got fired. Oh shit! Scamucci. <laughs> My favorite meme that was going on while he was in power was the aliens. You know, the aliens are like the little like black head is coming out in the the original um, movie poster. The oh, black, yeah, black yeah. and blue scale. Yeah, yeah. Where you just see it's like teeth and the dripping or yes. whatever. Oh, delicious! And it says alien or no yeah. aliens. And then someone photoshopped in two hands doing the Italian thing. <laughs> and it says, Italians? <laughs> Amazing. And it, it just all I thought of was, oh, that's Scarmucci just <laughs> running through the White House or like screaming, whatever. But anyway, if this beer were something Scarmucci would say or really has said, because, I mean, you don't have to yeah. make this shit up. Yeah. What would it be? So I, I like with some mooch. I like that you brought this up because, like, I do believe that Alien Three, where the alien who was birthed out of a dog, oh yeah, the dog goes alien, fucking rampaging through a prison complex, yep. is a metaphor for the Trump administration. <laughs> uh the mooch. All right. So the mooch is famous uh, for being profane and being a shithead, and now getting fired from the Trump administration ten days after being hired. Yep. Uh, and in that interim, he managed to fit in his wife divorcing him. Yep. And so, he also like almost ruined two careers. Um, rinse are the, the most famous rinse from from Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm just constantly reminded by of the uh, the the Stephen Colbert when he was still on the Colbert Report. Oh yeah, yeah. His segment, "What's a Rinspreebus?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Rince. <laughs> so we I, have a, we have a good good friend who's who's a, a stalwart conservative, and I just like to watch his lips when I say Rince and Boner, <laughs> Senator Boner, just the curl. And uh, whatever you want to, whatever his name is, Club Chief Rince, or whatever they call themselves. What are they, who, who's the leader of the RNC? What is he? He was uh, the clubhouse chair, master. The chair. Oh, chair. Sure. Why not? Uh, and and Rince uh, is responsible largely for the state of Wisconsin currently. That's unfortunate. He, he, managed to, he managed to do that. Yeah, he did that. Silence intended. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, gotta give him one thing. Dude knows how to rinse. I mean, when? <laughs> Doesn't know how to keep his job, a fucking apparently. Yep. Alright, so, the height most resembles the uh, mooch quote, uh, I believe it was, and I'm gonna screw this up, like, learn how to suck my own cock. Oh yeah, no, he said that. <laughs> That's a thing. 
because uh, it's so good. It's like if I learned to suck my own cock. <laughs> Gross. I think that might have been a better uh, better one for the, uh, the, the cum-colored liquor we were drinking <laughs> that, before. That's fair. I yeah. do love Magali. Magali was delicious. Did look a, a, ta- a touch like male semen. <laughs> really healthy, but thin male semen. All right. Another question. If this beer were a Himium running gag, <laughs> which running gag would it be on How I Met Your Mother? Thank you for saying Himium. Um, so, this... Uh, by the way, How I Met Your Mother... Uh, I want to believe was almost um, a very subversive show, turning almost, almost. Didn't, turning the the sitcom format on its head. Oh, it almost did that. I would it say it almost did that. They um, could have done it. It could have. It didn't. Um, it was a good show though. Um, until very late. Well, until and then it was terrible. Until the point came in. <laughs> if, it would, if they would have just cut, like just and like just cut it. At uh, I don't know how many seasons did it do like eight? It did. It did a lot. Yeah, right before the last one, six point five. Yeah, uh, the guy who plays Ted dies. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the Nirvana of <laughs> whoever was thirteen. Whenever that show was in six point five. Oh, I like that. I like that. People uh, would be like, "Well, what? What about her mother?" And the producers <laughs> would be like, "We're going to lock that in the vault." And, Sorry, because uh, it's really shitty. Whatever the end was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, was, it sucks. Uh, well, the, she was the, sick or the something. Premise, the premise of it was that um, she barely existed because he met her right at the end. Yeah, got married, impregnated her twice. Yeah, and then she died, died. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> and then he got back together with Robin, um, which is so, also kind of gross. The the uh, Kobe Smulders would get it first of all. Quiet, she's no, woman. but but she's fifty or whatever at the end. Like they have like gross like old people sex, old people like real cheese. I sex. don't know. I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So the uh, the running gag that this is uh, of many running gags, which I actually am aware of from this show. Mm-hmm. I am going to choose the song. That they played during every like spat altercation, where they they didn't include sound, oh, yeah, but they just had people like grappling and things happening and stuff like that. And it was uh, "Murder Train," I believe, was the song. And it yes. was like "Murder, get on board the murder train," <laughs> and it was just like people like fighting themselves, or a, a, I think a goat was a major part of that. There was a goat involved. I can't remember exactly how. And I just really love that. I think it spoke to me in particular. And I think this beer <laughs> speaks to me in particular. All right. The only other two gags that ever came to mind for me were the uh, whenever a uh, rank in normal conversation came up, all the okay. characters would immediately yeah salute and then repeat the rank. <laughs> General subliminal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did that. Although I think it was mostly Ted and Robin. Robin, that, did that. that was kind of yeah. their thing. That was uh, great. And then like just uh, NPH Neil Patrick Harris, all of his running gags, fucking everything. Yeah, was great. Yeah, was amazing. And then uh, obviously the best part of the show. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, clearly. He's a, a impromptu genius, I think, and solved a lot of the um, writing gaps that probably would have existed oh, in that fully. show, if not. All right. I'm going to find one more. All right. And I think that'll be enough. If height, extra cold, height, were a confined night out in Madison, Madison proper, so a night where you got a friend, he picks a bar, and you got to go to that bar and stay there until bar close. Okay. Which night slash bar would that be? (sighs) All right. this This is a great question, first of all. So it's not so often that you're confined. Like we have to stay here because fucking Steve only wants to go to X bar. Yeah, and he's got to stay there because he's trying to date the bartender. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. yeah. No, no, and I love that. And uh, back in the day, it would have been Amy's, obviously. I oh, mean, that was just because of default. It was our bar. I can I can count the number of nights where we left Amy's to go to a different place. Um, On one hand, maybe yes. It was so the the bar that you stay at has to have a couple items. It has to have a decent list of beers, usually a tap list, yep. usually a tap list. It has to have a pretty good music selection. It yep. also has to have like the right space. And I'm talking feng shui shit. Yeah. Here where you can like mix and mingle. You don't feel confined. It's not empty. Yeah. Um, so in Madison existing right now, there are only a couple of bars that I think I would I would do. I think I do, would, does this beer deserve those bars? If it was one of those, I'm going to let you go uh, into those okay. bars. I'm just saying you can no, list those no, bars. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. 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 I am going to go with um, I'm going to go with the Badger Tavern. Okay, because it is set up to be a drinking person's bar for sure. There's decent food. It's not great food. It's like it's like good food. Yeah. It's like there are four things you would order on the menu. Exactly. Yeah. And you can rotate among them. And they're good. And it's fine. And it's great. And I love it. But it's like a drinking man's bar. Yeah. And that's the place I would go. Badger Tavern. You're going there probably because divorce. <laughs> but there there are likely a lot of divorced people there at any given time. But if you're just like a divorce hobbyist, it's also <laughs> a great place to go. <laughs> Like, let's pretend that we're depressed for a night. That's something we did in college. We wouldn't go to Amy's for that. we go to, like, Paul's Club. Yeah, that's right. That's and just, right. like, let Brett order us Delirium Tremens over and over <laughs> again until we got real sad. Yeah, so, no, yeah, those are some good answers. Height beer, uh, hard to find, not too hard to drink. Um, I don't know if we can recommend it, but if it's there, um, it's not that bad. Um, so we got a few uh, recommendations to uh, give to our listeners. We still have to thank the uh, the Whiskey Farm, Cork and Model String Band, and Horseshoes and Hand Grenades for supporting the show. Uh, you hear them in our intro, outro, and musical break, as well as uh, the uh, Wine and Hop Shop, which we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, they provided us with our tasting glasses. Um, a long, long time ago, we did a great episode with them on uh, Oktoberfest beer. Um, and Oktoberfest is right around the corner, um, according to a few breweries who released their Oktoberfests in fucking July. I don't know what's going on. I mean, like, we talked about the creep, the Oktoberfest creep last episode. Um, it's worse now. Like, July 4th, I think 
Sierra Nevada came out with their goddamn Oktoberfest. It was fine. I tried it. I gotta say, I bought a six-pack. July 4th seems a little bit early, wouldn't you say, Greg, for Oktoberfest? Yeah. No, that's absurd. And so did Pabst. Pabst now makes three beers. Pabst Blue Ribbon, Pabst Light, and Pabst Oktoberfest. I've not tried Pabst Oktoberfest. That's definitely oh, I'm sorry, old style. old style. Old style, sorry. Old style Oktoberfest. That's style. going on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen. Sorry for the confusion. They look very similar. Uh, yeah, so that pretty much uh, wraps it up for today. It's been it's been a wild ride. It's been yeah, as Harry Carey once said, "Cubs win, Cubs win." <laughs> he only said it once. It's amazing. <laughs> he was he broadcasted for the Cubs for so long. Like, <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap it up with this song about living in the country, which we know nothing about, but it makes for a good song anyway. 